Bombardier, who, of course, is all over the news today. Michael, laying off, uh, was announced uh, late yesterday, they will lay off half of the 1,100 workers at their Thunder Bay, Ontario railway car plant. This is according to uh, sources. And uh, I don't know, a lot of people are asking, uh, Michael, the question, why is the government in business? Why do they continue to do business with Bombardier, who can not only not deliver product on time, when they do deliver it, it's usually not up to spec, and now they're laying off Canadian workers? Well, it's a good question. I mean, first of all, those numbers, because numbers are, are, are very difficult to, to, to grasp. They don't seem to have any meaning or flesh or reality, but that's 500 workers and their families. You're talking about maybe 2,000 people and the businesses locally who depend on them. Uh, and I used to live in Oshawa when I came to Canada. And you, when you, you know towns and cities that are dependent on certain industries, this is devastating. And kids at school, you're paying the rent, you're paying the mortgage. I mean, this affects ordinary people so deeply, so viscerally. It's a difficult question because it's not as though the government and the provincial government's involved in this as well, of course. It's, do you carry on helping, subsidizing an industry to maintain jobs? Or do you take the chance and withdraw and hope the market will pick up those jobs and, and, and give alternative employment? And once you get into the circle of subsidizing, it's very hard to break it. They, this is a big company, and a lot of the, the, the investment money from public funds is going to keep wealthy people in high-ranking positions. You've got to question the management here. Um, unions are often blamed. Workers are often blamed. Look, this isn't about that. This is about various levels of management, not dealing with the real problems. Uh, uh, they have dates of delivery, I mean, and, and those are absolutely essential because they affect so many people, and once again, not keeping up with them. I mean, I don't read any sort of you know, Quebec plot or anyone's in anyone else's pocket. I think it's simply a government not knowing how to keep Canadian jobs in Canada. And once again, the people who suffer here are those who are doing their job properly on the production line. Yeah, and listen, you bring up several good points, and you're absolutely right. I mean, government, and by that we mean the Canadian taxpayer, really, because it's yeah, our money, yeah. your money and mine, that's going into Bombardier. I mean, you would think that, uh, I mean, this is almost a, a license, if you will, to print money. It doesn't take a lot of business acumen to take what is basically taxpayer dollars, uh, de facto a grant, and uh, turn out a product and deliver it to a government. Uh, I mean, your client is built in. I mean, how can you screw something like that up so badly? Interesting you say that because every time we hear that um, some major employer, business leader, is being paid eight, nine hundred thousand dollars a year, and they get a severance of a million dollars, and then there's always someone who writes an editorial saying, "Well, if we want the best, we have to pay the best." But we don't apply that to nurses in intensive care units, do we? Or, or kindergarten teachers who are looking after young children every day of their lives. I actually think that we have artificially, artificially inflated uh, income. Uh, and bonuses for people in business who don't do the job properly. Um, and if you don't do it, you should be fired. But there, there is this, this protective ring about those who have high incomes, who are employers, who are business leaders, and it simply isn't good enough. And once again, it, it, this situation, you can be guaranteed the people who are earning very large salaries, if they do lose their jobs, they'll be given handsome severances. The people who are earning less than six figures, who are working hard on the production line, will get virtually nothing. Yeah, I mean, the landing, obviously, for uh, managers, those in charge, will be uh, much softer uh, if they are cut loose uh, at all. I mean, we don't know that. Uh, As of right now, we know that uh, Bombardier is uh, laying off half of their production workers in Thunder Bay. Uh, You mentioned a second ago this is not only a federal matter, also a uh, provincial one. Premier Ford was asked about it earlier today. Here's what he had to say regarding Bombardier. Our number one concern are the people. 
We aren't here to play politics like the federal government. We bumped up a contract a couple of years ahead to a tune of over $130 million to keep this plant open. We need the federal government to sign it. They've been sitting on their hands. We haven't heard hide nor hair. And my message to the federal government is, we put our money where our mouth is, where is their money? All right, Premier, I got a point there, uh, Michael. If there's a contract that's just waiting for the federal government to sign off on, uh, should they do so? And should that be with some strings attached uh, that these uh, jobs uh, remain? No, the very first thing you said is so ironic. We're not here to play politics, and he plays politics. I can't imagine Doug Ford knew very much about this file until this morning, and he was briefed, and that's fair enough. He doesn't know about everything that's going on. But no, it's, it's not. You can't just blame the feds for this. And out of pure self-interest, do you really think a government um, that's going into an election in a few months' time that is very, very close to people in Quebec as well, don't forget that, is going to make sure that half of the workforce lose their jobs in, in a riding that's going to be up for grabs? I mean, that's simply out of self-interest, that doesn't add up. No, I don't think it's that. I do think there's incompetence. I do think there's mismanagement. But that there's something fundamentally wrong about taxpayers' money subsidizing jobs that are not guaranteed. I'm, I'm all for government intervention. If, if, if taxpayers, if us, if we can guarantee that certain jobs will be maintained for other taxpayers, I mean, this is about the community as a whole, then fine. But this has happened not once, not twice, but more than a dozen times now, where the money's been injected and someone at certain government levels, certain management levels, haven't done their job properly, and the jobs still go. And so it's not the time to be pointing fingers at Trudeau or at Doug Ford. If the federal government points fingers at the provincial, I would say it was wrong. The time now to try and see what we can do to make sure that half the workforce, half, 50% of the workforce, are not worried about where they'll be living and if they'll be eating in a month's time. All right. In the meantime, the Premier's got some concerns of his own when it comes to a government-run business, uh, specifically, Michael, the LCBO, which is uh, reporting that there could be uh, store shelves that are empty. Here we are in the middle of summer and barbecue season. The LCBO uh, is saying that they've switched uh, inventory systems, and that means that the deliveries are moving at a little slower than a usual uh, pace. But uh, is that acceptable? It's a phrase I'm sure we have it in Canada, too. Someone couldn't organize a something in a brewery. Um, I mean, you know, how do you fail in this area? It, it, it's one of those markets that should be so simple to cater for. And this has to be about management. You, you, you estimate, and we've, we've estimated now for year after year, the, the sort of level of, of alcohol that will be needed at certain times of the year. Now, there may be certain brands that aren't available. There may be certain stores that need to be stocked very quickly. But this shouldn't be the case. And this comes in the context of a provincial government uh, that, that has paraded its beer policies, <laughs> which I think is ridiculous, as, as, as being so noble and so successful, and it's what people want. Well, this is, this is true. Now, unless, I don't want to read conspiracy theories, but unless there is someone who wants to make the LCBO look particularly bad, uh, so journalists out there should be looking into that, but this is beyond understanding. This is not about importing product from China. This is about local products simply being moved from store to store and, and knowing what is required. And if you go to any branch manager, you mentioned Starbucks, you ask any branch manager, a lot of what they do is how much will we need on that long weekend, this particular time of year, and making sure that you never run out.
Mm-hmm. And does this uh, speak to, uh, you know, we hear from unions uh, all the time, uh, particularly the LCBO uh, union, the union that represents workers there, that uh, they're the ones that can be relied on when it comes to uh, dealing with the alcohol. And it's a, a major argument against uh, privatization and seeing more and more liquor and beer in corner stores and uh, grocery stores. I mean, is this Exhibit A, is this, uh, you know, proof that, uh, well, maybe privatization and more competition in this area is not necessarily a bad thing? Well, I mean, I, I'm sort of on the fence on this. I'm not opposed to privatization. I, I think the political motives behind it are rather suspect, but I've seen it with so many other nations and jurisdictions, and I don't think it's a big deal if we have privatization. Uh, but I wouldn't blame the LCBO particularly. Well, I blame management here, but I, I don't understand. I look back at the records in the past 10 years, and this, th- there was one other occasion where something slightly similar happened, but this is incredibly unusual that this has happened. And it, it does come at a time when there's an enormous debate about privatization. I'm not sure if we, sh- we should pin it together, but I, I wouldn't conclude too much at this stage about this. And I wonder what the reality will be. And I wonder if in 24 hours all this will be put right. Because once again, it's not about shipping things over from thousands of miles away. This is about trucks or trains just getting here by tomorrow morning. All right, just uh, finally, uh, is the common thread between these stories, whether it be Bombardier or the LCBO, as we've just been discussing, is... Uh, you know, the lack of good management in both of these organizations and whether or not uh, governments federally or provincially are doing enough, uh, they're overseeing uh, the, these institutions that they're either outright running or in business with. For the longest time, I, I've always got very upset when people always blame frontline workers, uh, unions. Well, it's a way to blame unions for curiosity, but they, they blame frontline workers for problems that go on. Look, people work hard, they don't work so hard, I and mean, that's going to happen. But it's not particularly relevant. Yes, it's about management. I think a lot of stores are overmanaged. There's duplication of, of positions, and someone has to be held accountable. Accountable, and they seldom are. Now they are in, in, in certain private industry and in smaller companies. When it comes to large companies, particularly where there's public money involved, we we don't even know who's to blame. That's the real problem. No one ever says, "Well, I think it was so and so. They didn't do their job properly." It seems to be obfuscated. It's covered up, and that isn't the way it should be. All right. Well, if it's all about accountability, I say uh, cheers to that. Uh, but if I did, I better run to the LCBO by this afternoon, I think. <laughs> Mr. Corn, a pleasure as always. Thank you for the time, sir. Thank you. Take care of yourself. All right. Author and broadcaster Michael Corn.